0: You've made it. You have pulled yourself through another year, slogging through the mire of existence, fighting against the sweating masses for your place in the sun, existing through sheer will, hearkening that voice in the wilderness, a beacon in the darkness, whispering and shouting, You are not alone. Though you may feel it sometimes, a condition of the most human kind, you are not alone. We are here with you, and the number is growing. There are countless others like you, that think like you, and struggle like you, and laugh and cry like you, and together we can lift each other up. Shoulder to shoulder we stand, brothers and sisters, facing the perils of existence together powerful, together, a force to be reckoned with, and even if just for this brief moment once a week, we can together shrug the heavy chains of monotony, turning in unison toward the light, letting the shadows fall behind us as we share a moment in the sun together, then as your humble host, I feel like we must be doing something right. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Jeremy Webb, and welcome to the show. Yep, it's the Jeremy Webbisodes podcast. Here we go! And we're going, and we're going... Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is, in fact, Webisode Twenty Three, recorded Wednesday, December thirtieth, two thousand twenty. But here's the here's the crazy thing. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be two thousand twenty-one. So, uh, congratulations to you, ladies and gentlemen. A round of applause. You made it out. You made it out of two thousand twenty and and good riddance. I think we can all agree that it was just a stinker of a year. So uh, so congratulations for making it out and I, I I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve, whatever you did to celebrate. Um and so uh and and now here you are on the other side with just a, a brand spanking new slate, just an empty page. That is 2021, ready for you to write your story. So, um, that's that's how, that's how I'm going to kick it off. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm all alone tonight in, in the studio. Because it is a holiday, Joss and, and Ryan are not here. So, I'm all alone tonight, um, but never fear. The lava lamp is, in fact, burning brightly in the studio as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world, may they find their way home. And I want to thank you for finding your way here um, and, and spending this time with me. Because, because you're here, I am not truly alone. Uh, and that's that's what's awesome about this. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking alone a little bit, but because I'm alone, I decided not to just crack a big bottle and, and do a big thing. Although I could. I could easily do it. Don't think I couldn't get into a bottle all by myself and just get all weird. Because I could, and I've done it before, but not tonight. tonight i'm I'm gonna keep it mellow and I'm having a, a beer as I record this podcast for you. And I'm gonna do things kind of a little differently. Um for those of you that are uh, repeat lava lampers, repeat listeners, um, thank you for being here uh, once again. But you will notice that I'm gonna do things a little differently tonight. obviously, my my cohorts aren't here. And, uh, and so we're not going to quite have the format that we usually have. But I think I'm going to put together a nice little show for you. Um, we're going to have some music uh, and we're going to have some information. And uh, we're going to have a nice tight little little show for you here. Something you can, you can sink your teeth into and hopefully enjoy. Um, so uh, like I said, I'm not drinking uh, extravagantly by myself tonight, but I am having a beer. I'm having a, a Modelo Negra. And like we do, I thought I'd, I'd give you a little information uh, on on beer because it's interesting, and uh, and I know you find it interesting as well. So I'd like to share it with you. So beer, from the Latin "bibire," by way of the German "beer" b i e r, and uh, it's got a long history. I mean, it's literally one of the oldest beverages in the world. I mean, it's it's kind of like the storyline goes water and then beer, which is pretty amazing. It goes all the way back, well, through ancient China. They were they were doing it with rice um, back in like 7,000 BCE. They were doing it in China, and they called it Kui, K-U-I, and essentially the same process but with rice. Um, the Western version of beer that came through Europe and was uh, predominantly – Uh, perfected by the Germans, uh, started that tradition of brewing grain, um, wheat, and the like, started most likely in Mesopotamia as far back as 10,000 BCE. Um, Modern Western beer production came from uh, Mesopotamia, and most specifically in the southern part of Mesopotamia, known as Sumer, which is modern Iraq. And, uh, like I said, it goes all the way down to 10, all the way back to 10,000 BCE. And um, they were brewing it out of leftover bread and grains. And in fact, there was so much stuff in it that the, the consistency of beer back then was kind of much more like a porridge or like oatmeal. In fact, there was so much stuff in it that they would drink it through a straw, special kind of straw, that would sift out all the grain and the bread and stuff that was floating around in it. Uh,. Interestingly enough, a lot of people, th- you know, thought maybe that the, like I've spoken about before, that the discovery of beer might have been one of those happy accidents that um, during the process of bread production, uh, that they kind of let the the bread uh, mash or their dough spoil a little bit, um, or just the grain storage spoil a little bit. Um, and get some water in it and sit for a while and mix with natural yeast floating around in the air and ferment. And uh, accidentally so, and then they would discover, oh, well, there's, there's this stuff floating around at the bottom of my, my uh, bread dough basket or, or barrel or wherever I'm storing my grain. Um, and so a lot of people thought that the discovery of, of beer came accidentally uh, through that process. But uh, it, it, there is a lot of study and conjecture that says that uh, beer actually predates bread production and that it goes all the way back to uh, when they first started cultivating grain. One of the very first things they did with it was to start producing beer with it, even before they started producing bread with it. Um, in fact, there is a, a scholar named Max Nelson... Who says? Uh, "Quote: Fruits often naturally ferment through the actions of wild yeast, and the resultant alcoholic mixtures are often sought out and enjoyed by animals. Pre-agricultural humans in various areas from the Neolithic period surely similarly sought out much fermenting fruits, and probably even collected wild fruits in the hopes that they would have an interesting physical effect, that is, to be intoxicating." Okay, so, I mean, this is where it gets extremely interesting. When society is developing, one of the things that that made Homo sapien uh, the predominant species on the planet is that we started to band together. We created um, society. We created cities, towns, um, tribes. And the reason that we did that is because we started, um, instead of being hunters and gatherers, we started to actually cultivate land. We started to plant things, and uh, we started to uh, keep animals. And so cultivation, farming essentially, is what caused uh, m- Homo sapiens to to develop so rapidly because the process of farming took more than just an individual. So uh, we 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 would band together to share the load of of farming. We were farming primarily initially grains, and so if you're if you'll draw the line with me here together, ladies and gentlemen, it's very very possible that one of the things that drove mankind's development um, and society's development is alcohol because um, there is historical information that points to the fact that we were cultivating grain for the use of fermentation before We were cultivating it for the use, uh, trying to make food out of it, essentially, which is just amazing. One of the very, very first things that we did when we basically took that step from, uh, from being cavemen into a more modern society, one of the very, very first things we started to do was try to look for a way to take the edge off. Uh, which is extremely interesting. So at the end of the week on Friday night when you've you know killed it at work all week and you you feel like you want to go out and have a couple frosty barley pops, uh, I mean that is in your DNA literally from the very very first, Dudes <laughs> that were working and had a and had a uh, a job and and were living in society. Um, those very very first people at the end of the day um, were looking to to have have a, a beer and, and kind of knock the edge off. In fact, I'm getting a lot of this information. The the quote from from uh, Max Nelson and a lot of this info is coming from ancient.com. Um, it goes on to say on the website that the theory of international brewing of intoxicants beer, wine, or other drink is supported by the historical record which strongly suggests that human beings, after taking care of their immediate needs of food, shelter, and rudimentary laws, will then pursue the creation of some type of intoxicant. So, uh, and it's like throughout society. So we're talking ancient Mesopotamia and, and Sumeria and Sumatra, um, you know because those are the, some of the most ancient societies Egypt uh carries all the way through China but um also in in uh Mesoamerica and um in in ancient Mex- Mexican culture and the Aztecs and they they were all uh finding a way to to get drunk um and so i just i think it's it's a uh, it's a it's part of the human condition uh to want to find a way to uh to maybe you know dull the edges or or escape reality a little bit, um, and if nothing else, uh, maybe just kind of find a way to enjoy yourself at the end of a hard work week. Beer back in the day was primarily made by women, and the people regarded the drink as a gift from the gods to promote human happiness. Okay, so uh, from from the very beginning, um, it, it was it was a it was a way to have a good time. It was just something that you did to celebrate, and it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. So uh, here here's a news flash, ladies and gentlemen. I don't speak fluent Babylonian. I'm gonna give you another little little tidbit here, and I might pre- mispronounce some names. Um, if I do so, feel free to send your your linguistic critique to websworldwide.com. Um, go to the website there and, and let us know how it should have been pronounced. Um, but uh, until that moment, you're going to have to cut me a little slack, okay? Um, in the Babylonian Epic of Gilgamesh, the hero Enkidu becomes civilized through the uh, quote unquote ministrations of the temple harlot Shamhat, who, among other things, teaches him. Among other things, teaches him to drink beer. So uh, anyway, um, it the, 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 mankind and our history has been tied very, very closely to to that drink, beer. Um, and like I said at the onset of the show, it's perhaps the oldest drink in human history uh, other than water. Um, far before we started cultivating uh, and and uh, domesticating cows and drinking milk. Um, far before we we really figured out how to juice fruits on our own uh, we were we were drinking beer is what it's is what history seems to be telling us so um maybe maybe crack yourself one and and enjoy a song by yours truly that's right we've had a couple other musical guests on the show and you didn't think I was gonna let them all have all the fun without letting you hear a little, a little of my own music. So uh, this is a song I wrote um, that's called Yippie Kaye And it is uh, an original tune sung by yours truly. Lyrics uh, are all original. And uh, the uh, instruments are all played by a, a musician friend of mine named Robert Baird. And, uh, and then I added the, the, um, the Mexican hat dance car horn. Um, so, uh, so this is a song uh, called Kaye by Yours Truly. Crack yourself a takati and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> popular to see the new year personified as a baby. The imagery being fairly clear. New year, new baby, full of potential. It's unclear, however, where that tradition started exactly. And, in fact, the very first depiction that I could find in popular culture uh, appeared on the Saturday Evening Post cover in 1908. So, um, you know... The year, as as a as a person, um, that's connected to the idea of Father Time. So you see Father Time depicted as a baby um, on January first, and the idea is that he chronicles the year, and you know appears as as an old man um, late in December. The image of Father Time as an old man predates the idea of baby New Year. Uh, that goes all the way back to the image of the Roman god Saturn, and and he was always depicted as an old man with a long beard. Um, the Greek god Kronos, um, very similar image. So old man time uh, is a very, very, very old concept. You often see old man time, again, uh, depicted with a scythe or a scythe, which is a curved blade used in, again, the cultivation of uh, and the harvest of grain. And that shows Father Time's connection to to the seasons and therefore harvest. So um, the personification of Time it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and in a year like 2020, uh, you can be darn sure that uh, his beard is extra gray and his wrinkles are extra deep <laughs> this year. The good news is, is that not everything that comes out of 2020 is bad. Uh, In fact, there's a lot of good that happened in 2020, and I think we talked about it last webisode. You know, art has continued to be created. People's stories have continued to be written. And so uh, on that note, I'd like to share another song. This is from a good friend of the show. We've had him on a couple times, John Cavendish. A friend of mine from West Virginia is currently a professional musician living in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is his most recent release. This is a single called Viola, My Old Friend by John Cavendish. Please enjoy.
1: the high fading behind me again I've got a lot to mend engines and fences and hearts in need of repair since I've been taken so far
0: New Year's Eve is already over, so none of what I'm about to tell you is going to help you much this year. Um, but uh, I thought it was interesting anyway because when I started doing this, I didn't realize uh, that I was going to miss New Year's Eve. So what I want to talk about really quick is a, a lot of you know new, people's New Year's traditions are based on luck. Um, the uh, the idea of uh, starting out the year. With as much luck imbued into your existence as you possibly can do it um, by whatever means you can. So if it's as simple as cheersing your good health um, with friends and family, uh, with with a, with a glass of champagne or, or or something, or if it's you know uh, something more elaborate, the majority of our New Year's traditions around the world um, are based on uh, on trying to start. The year off on the best foot, um, uh, the most lucky foot, if you will. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to cover uh, quickly 15 uh, of the kind of global traditions um, that you can find to try to ensure good luck in the forthcoming year. And so maybe you can put together a list of your own and uh, and mix and match. And then next year, uh, you can uh, you can start the year off with a bang. By incorporating a couple of these methods, so the, the first one is have hoppin' john for New Year's Eve. Uh, hoppin' john or hoppin' john is uh, it's an old Southern dish, and it's basically black-eyed peas, pork, and rice. So um, it's said that anyone who makes this dish of black-eyed peas, pork, and rice on January first will experience luck and peace for the rest of the year, and maybe prosperity too um hop and john was and still is often eaten with collard greens which can resemble paper money and golden cornbread the peas themselves represent coins some families boost the potential of their hop and john by placing a penny underneath the dishes or adding extra pork which is thought to bring more luck so there's number one number two make fish don't like pork Fish is considered another great New Year's Eve entree, since fish only can swim in one direction, forward, like the movement of time. Uh, If you're not a fan of ham or fish, there are plenty of other good luck New Year's Eve foods to go to, too. But those first two uh, New Year's traditions are food-based. Third, wear white. I see this done quite often. Uh, Apparently, it's tied to Brazil. Brazil makes it easier to choose for New Year's Eve outfit. Everyone wears white for good luck and peace. Plus, matching outfits makes for great photos. Dun-dun-dun. So, uh, number four is jump seven waves. And this is literally what it sounds like. You go down to the coast or somewhere where there's waves. I guess you could use a wave pool. And you literally jump over seven of them. And you will see numerology and jumping repeated uh, in a lot of these traditions, but um, also this is a, pr- a Brazilian tradition, so you can picture a bunch of people in white out there on the beach jumping waves, and it sounds like it's probably turn into a pretty good party. I'm sure there's some, uh, some cachaça involved, which is uh, Brazilian rum. Uh, so also in Brazil, if you head to the beach, you can increase your luck by heading to the water and jumping over seven waves. You get one wish for each wave. That's exciting. Uh, Number five is smash a plate. In Denmark, broken plates are a good thing. People go around breaking dishware on the doorsteps of their friends and family. The more shards that there are in front of your home the next day, the luckier and more well-liked you are, unless you're the one who has to sweep. Get it? But try to keep it on the doorsteps. I once threw a cup at my friend's house, a reveler told the University of Copenhagen's University Post. The cup didn't break. His window did. So watch where you chuck your plates, but if if uh, if you want to celebrate like they do in Denmark, then go around New Year's Eve breaking plates on people's on people's doorsteps. Uh, I've lost count, so I don't know where we are. The next tradition is eat twelve grapes, and I've actually d- uh, done this. This is a big one over in Europe. Um, so eat 12 grapes. Yes, exactly 12. One at each stroke of midnight. So imagine you're, you're standing in Piccadilly Square and you, you see, hear Big Ben chiming away. And each stroke, you eat a grape. That's what they do in Spain. It says, pop one grape for every month of the new year. According to Atlas Obscura, eating one grape at each of midnight's 12 clock chimes guarantees you a lucky year, if and only if you simultaneously ruminate on their significance. I mean, think about, Joss, if you're out there listening. So, uh, each grape represents an upcoming month. If you fail to conscientiously finish your grapes by the time the clock stops chiming, you'll face misfortune in the new year. So... Make sure you eat all your grapes, kids. All right, the next one. Smooch a loved one. This is a super common one. Kiss someone you love at midnight. You've heard this one before. When the clock strikes midnight, you're supposed to kiss someone you love. It's not just about stealing a smooch. According to the Washington Post, this is a bo- this is borrowed from English and German folklore, which stated that it's the first person with whom a person comes in contact with that year that dictates that year's destiny. So choose your kisses wisely out there folks all right here's the jumping thing again and the next one is jump into 2020 this is also in denmark so they're out there breaking plates and, and jumping around sounds like a pretty good time denmark also in denmark people stand on their chairs and leap into january at midnight to bring good luck and banish bad spirits So if you're going to do this one, be careful. If you break your leg, don't sue us. I'm telling you right now, jumping off of chairs at midnight on New Year's Eve after celebrating can be dangerous. So if you choose to to incorporate that one into your celebration, please be careful. Okay, the next one, pack light. In fact, pack nothing at all. In Colombia, people take empty suitcases and run around the block as fast as they can. It's supposed to guarantee a year filled with travel, which will hopefully be possible in 2021 considering we haven't been able to go anywhere this last year, and I'm about to freak out because I'm a guy that's got a serious wanderlust. So this cabin fever is starting to get to me a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's that one, running around the block with, with, an, with an empty suitcase— um, from Columbia. The next one, smash the peppermint pig. Now, I, I have no idea wh- what that what a peppermint pig even is. In upstate New York, they sell special peppermint pigs apparently, all throughout the holiday season. Everyone gets to take a turn hitting it with a special candy-sized hammer and eating a piece for good fortune in the coming year. The peppermint is very strong, so only take a small piece, but at least you'll start the year with fresh breath. So that's fair. I never heard of that one, and that's from my own country. So up in New York, they're whacking on peppermint pigs with a hammer. Sounds a little morbid, but hey, whatever floats your boat. All right, the next one is keep the windows open, doors too. It's common superstition that opening the doors and windows will let the old year out and the new year in unimpeded. Uh, So if you live somewhere where it's cold, good luck with that one. (laughs) Uh, Southern California, heck, I'll leave it all open. Sounds great. Let's do it. Adding that one to my list. All right, next one. Choose your underwear carefully. Certain countries, especially in Latin America, believe that the color of your underwear can bring good things in the next 12 months. Yellow is for luck, red is for love, and white undies bring peace. So choose your underwear color very carefully on New Year's Eve to ensure you get what you want out of the forthcoming year. All right. The next one is throw water out the window. So this is a good one to incorporate if you've already got all your windows and doors open. You might as well just go, you know, head and throw a bucket of water out, and uh, you know, make sure that there's no one down below first. Call, call, look out below, and then chuck your water. Especially if you, like I was talking, if you live somewhere where it's really cold and it's likely just to turn into a block of ice before it hits the ground. You're gonna want to make sure there's no one down there first. Is all another. Little little safety tip from, from us here at the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. So this one, throw water out the window. In Puerto Rico, they believe that dumping a bucket of water out the window drives away evil spirits. If that seems a little too unfair to the people who might be passing by, Puerto Ricans also sprinkle sugar outside their houses to invite the good luck in, which is a little sweeter. I, I, I mean, I, I guess you're either going to get hit by a bucket of water or you're going to get Attacked by ants. But, uh, but that, that's how they're doing it down there in Puerto Rico. All right, next one is buy a new lucky charm. In Germany and Austria, there are a few different lucky symbols that you'd gift to friends and family to bring them good fortune. These include pigs, mushrooms, clovers, and chimney sweeps. You can buy little tokens of these lucky charms at a Christmas market or get edible ones in fun combinations made out of marzipan. Yum. So that's this is all, by the way, coming from GoodHousekeeping.com. Giving them a little shout out. All right, and our last tradition. So this must be number fifteen for those of you out there keeping track. Uh, The next one, the last one, is save a wish for next year. Or instead of burning the wishes, you can have everyone write down a res. uh, what, What is this one talking about? Oh. So there's the idea of you, uh, you write your wish down and you burn it, and that, that's, a, that's a thing. Uh, and this one is instead of burning the wishes, you can have everyone write down a resolution, goal, or wish on a note and to, them, to their future selves and then put it in a jar and save it for the next year. On the next year, uh, New Year's Eve, you can retrieve the jar and read the note to see how far, far everyone has progressed. So that that's that sounds another like a really good way uh to to prove to yourself once again that that you didn't achieve your goals this year. Or maybe you did. Maybe you did. I hope you did. I really hope you did. And so anyway, those are a couple little traditions that uh maybe you can incorporate next year. Maybe a combination of them, you open the door, you wear white, you throw Throw some water out, burn some things, eat some peppermint pig. I think we could really, we might be able to do them all. Kiss someone, better to kiss after you eat the peppermint. You see how you can, you can really do them in a specific order where I think it just gets better and better. So uh, let's put some thought into it, ladies and gentlemen, and see what we can come up with for next year. All right. All right. Okay, Um, well, you know, I'm going to start to wind it up here. I'd like to play one more song for you before we get out of here. This is another uh, guest I've had on the show before, Sean O'Brien, who at the time I don't think I mentioned is my nephew. So this is my nephew, Sean O'Brien, and his wife, who is my niece. Actually, she is, in fact, my brother's daughter, um, Mallory. So Mallory and Sean O'Brien, this is their rendition of Disarm by Smashing Pumpkins. Disarm was uh, the third single from Smashing Pumpkins' second album, and uh, and I think that they do a fantastic rendition. So once again, this is The O'Briens with Disarm.
2: you like you want me to cut that little child inside of me and such a part of to be a little boy so old in my shoes what I choose is my choice what's a boy supposed to do the killer in me is the killer in you my love I send this smile
0: Ladies and gentlemen Well that's gonna do it for the show Short and sweet this week Um, If you would like to hear any more of this music that we played uh, Particularly from John or Sean You can go on the interwebs to do so John Cavendish, he's all over the place He's on Spotify Um, He's got a webpage, johncavendish.com J-O-N-C-A-V-E-N-D-I-S-H Dot com, and Sean O'Brien is S-E-A-N-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N and you can find him on Facebook and I'm sure all over the place um, on Facebook he, he, he's known to uh, to pick guitars and drive old trucks so keep your eye out because I know there's probably a couple other Sean O'Brien's out there on Facebook So, uh, that being said, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you had a great New Year and holiday season. Um, We will be back full force with Joss and Ryan here in the lab next week doing some drinking. So, that being said, uh, you take care of yourselves out there, ladies and gentlemen. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast.